been doing this podcast now for a year, and it took me that long to work Tom Jones into the production. Master of subtlety, Tom Jones. I'm a fan. I admit it. But uh, that's a good that's a good setup, Daughter of Darkness, because we're talking about our favorite female vampires. Welcome. We are live from the Gateway Film Center, once again doing the podcast live uh, right in the heart of the Ohio State campus uh, on High Street, and this is the Fright Club Podcast. I'm Hope Madden. And I'm George Wolf, and we're from MadWolf.com, and we had a lot of fun with you. We've got some great recommendations. We uh, did. And really, a really solid, I think a really solid lineup of movies. Uh, I agree. <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> but you know what? We, we want to say uh, thanks especially to Vanessa, who's here. Where are you? She's getting another <laughs> this drink. This is good thinking. Well, you know what? Tell her we said thank you, because it was Vanessa who gave us uh, the idea for last week's podcast, which was the silent movies. And I'll be honest... At first, I thought, okay, that's an idea. I don't know. But I really had a lot of fun getting into those. Yeah. Well, they're cool to watch. I mean, they, they're just cool looking, and they're so much weirder than you think they're going to be. Like, you think, oh, you know, they're sort of dusty and, you know, adorable, but they're they're super weird, especially the Lon Chaney ones. Yeah. And especially when you can watch them and, and think of the context from when audiences watched them back in the 20s. Yeah. You can tell how people were just freaked out. Yeah. Something like the Phantom of the Opera yeah. and what he did with his face yeah. and, and some of that uh, that makeup and the costumings was, was really cool. So uh, thank you, Vanessa, out there getting a drink uh, <laughs> for the idea. <laughs> Thanks, drunky Vanessa. <laughs> uh, no, that was a lot of fun. So keep those, uh, keep those recommendations coming uh, anytime. Twitter's always good. We're at Mad Wolf. And also, speaking of the recommendations, we had, we had some great ones all week when we were asked for these uh, ideas for the best female vampires. And actually, Peter gave us a couple of good ones. Uh, Lily Taylor in yeah. the, afflic- the Affliction, the Addiction. The Addiction, which is Lily Taylor opposite Christopher Walken. Yes, that's a fantastic idea right there. And then Edie Falco and basically half of the cast of The Sopranos, they're all in it, either as vampires or as prey. Polly Walnuts? No, but um, Christopher. Christopher? Oh, yeah. He plays like Michael a, uh, Imperioli. Imperioli. He plays yeah. like a... Um, you know, there like a, she is. Like a preacher we on had the to sidewalk. give you thanks for last week's idea, but we knew you had to get a drink first. So, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, all the cast of the Sopranos. No, half the there's cast? several. It's a weirdly high number of the Sopranos cast, and it's um, it's fun. It's it's a little pretentious, but it's it's really cool. It actually reminds me of another film that came out in the '90s called Nadja, which is another sort of super hip New York City chick vampire. Uh, art house movie and the thing that I love about that the most is the guy who plays the receptionist at the morgue is David Lynch nice well we're usually whatever Lily, Lily Taylor's in is good yeah it's worth checking she's, out yeah, so that was a good and Peter also recommended rec, Peter also recommended Vampires Lesbos yeah yeah which, uh, it did not make the list. Because <laughs> you, you said that off earlier. You're like, we're going to put an Ixnay on the Esbo's leg. Which is entirely impossible, actually, to do five, to choose five chick vampire movies and have no girl-on-girl action. I'm going to tell you, it's not even possible. Well, we've got one. One of these has a little action. S- several of these do. Well, one in particular. Yeah, yeah. But no, I mean, it's, it's chock full, actually. But the thing about, so, Vampires Lesbos, if you wanted, if you just are in the mood, you think, I need to see women biting women in the neck, what should I do? Jesus Franco directed Vampires Lesbos and like 30 or 40 more lesbian vampire movies. So just check out his canon. You're welcome. So so fetish then for the director? Is that what we're saying? Um, Some of the other recommendations off of the Facebook page, Sarah said Byzantium. And 
as uh, I pointed out to him, he was not aware of the fact that the other vampire in Byzantium is one of his very favorites. Saoirse Ronan. Saoirse Ronan. Who's a fantastic actress. One of the best movies from last year, uh, Brooklyn, if you haven't seen it. Not a horror movie, but a fantastic movie. Uh, so, yeah, you've seen that one? I have not. Yes. it's it's. I like it. I like it a lot. It's set at like a half-abandoned kind of carnival, which is a great place to set any horror movie. And yeah, it's very, um, it's moving. It's very nice. Fun. And also a couple of recommendations, not for film so much as, as characters. Jessica brought up uh, Queen Akasha from uh, Queen of the Damned, which is a good recommendation. That's not a good movie at all. <laughs> I mean, uh, that's bad. Uh, but th- she is a cool character. Yeah, and of course, cool it was character. played by uh, Aaliyah, yeah. uh, who has you know passed away years ago. But she made a cool vampire. She did. She looked great. But uh, the film... She looked very creepy. And she, she had did. like... It's like really what they do with their teeth. You can't just be sort of boring old blind with your teeth. And she's got like five sets of teeth in there. Yeah. It's, uh, she almost looks like the, like the alien mouth is coming out at you. And one that I had not thought about, which is good, uh, Sonia um, brought up Claudia from Interview with Interview the Vampire. Vampire, Kirsten Dunst. Remember that? That was a very cool character. Yeah, not, she was cool. It wasn't the basis of the movie, but, no, uh, but she talking was great, about... Yeah, she yeah, was a great vampire. Female vampires are great. So thank you for that. Great recommendations all. Um, just a little bit of the movies that kind of bubbled under we that, we that we talked <laughs> about that we didn't, didn't make the list. We'll save the best for last. Brandon... Just said, you know, a two-word recommendation, Salma and Hayek. Yeah. And you know what? That's one I can get behind, my yeah. friend. So one half of us liked that recommendation very much. <laughs> from, uh, from Dust Till Dawn, which uh, another one. Didn't make the list, but I'll tell you what, we've got five good ones. Starting out at number five, we, we made this list before we got the news, so it's a little bittersweet now. Uh, I talked with a lot of people before the uh, podcast about David Bowie passing away, which just sucks so bad. Uh, and he has a, a small but pivotal role in number five, and it is from 1983, and it's The Hunger. What have you done to me? Forever. Life signs terminate right here. The timeless beauty of Catherine Deneuve. The cruel elegance of David Bowie. The open sensuality of Susan Sarandon. Combined to create a modern classic of perverse fear. The Hunger. I watched this movie when I was a kid at my next-door neighbor's house on VHS. And uh, we got it because David Bowie was going to be in it. And um, it opens in this club scene, and Bauhaus sings the absolutely outstanding song, Bella Lugosi's Dead. But I was not familiar with Bauhaus or with the song, and I swear to God, I thought that, that it was David Bowie. Like, I'm like, God, he looks kind of gross. His hair is all black. <laughs> but I was all in. I was like, it's David Bowie singing Bella, Bella Lugosi. I'm so excited. And then I was instantly mortified when the actual David Bowie came on the screen, and then my next-door neighbor just mocked me without pity for the rest of the film. I'm really sorry I didn't know you then. <laughs> Because you sound cool. <laughs> I was equally cool, believe me. Yeah, and your um, corduroys. Yeah, you <laughs> one, were equally cool. One of the cool. things they forgot to say in that trailer was the bad perm of Susan Sarandon. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a lot about that movie that is very cool. And, and, you know, and David Bowie just makes a cool vampire, doesn't he? I mean, yeah. he's not in the movie very long, but he's very cool. Oh, my God, he's awesome. I mean, that's a perfect idea. David Bowie's going to play a vampire, yeah. you know? And uh, and you felt so sorry for him the whole movie because you're like, look at this awful thing that's happening to clearly the coolest human being on Earth, and I really wish he could stick around and kill some more sort of hipsters. Um, you know, and I think at the time... It was the girl-on-girl action that made the movie kind of like, so, what were they calling it? Perverse. Yeah, how many times did they say perverse in that thing? Wow. 
Uh, I was just sad at that point that I'm like, you know, you just lost David Bowie. I mean, yeah, Susan Strait is awesome. She's super cool. But, you know, let's mourn for a minute, can we? Well, she was, that was, I guess, the whole point because she kept her lovers around until she got tired of them. And I think after about 300 years, that's how old David Bowie's character was. Yeah. She was tired of him and uh, it was time for him to go. And then, of course, she uh, hooks up with Susan Sarandon. But one of the one of the things I found in this movie that David Bowie, you know, his voice, the way his voice yeah. is, yeah. Uh, apparently he to make his voice suitably hoarse for that movie, he, he said he stood on the George Washington Bridge every night and screamed all the punk songs he knew. So, would that be cool, like, commute? Is that David Bowie just screaming Stooges right now? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to sit here and listen. Yeah, that exactly. That would be awesome. So, it worked. I mean, you know, it was 1983. Old age makeup always seems like a problem. His wasn't the greatest. Well, let's be honest. The whole Catherine Deneuve is really an Egyptian vampire. Uh, what is she? No, she's not. <laughs> just stop it. She, I mean, can you hear that? She's Catherine Deneuve. She's the Frenchest French lady ever. But, um, all right, you know, and then the whole, like, it's so gauzy. And it's Tony yeah, it Scott's is. first film, actually. It's his first full-length film. And um, even at, you know, however old I was, I remember being like, didn't his brother just direct Alien? Like, I don't know. This is like, oh. Yeah, and apparently the studio, at the studio's insistence, they changed the ending to make it open-ended for sequels uh, that never came, which is interesting because uh, the, the guy who wrote the source novel, uh, who also wrote the books of the Wolfen, that's bad, and, uh, and the uh, Communion movie, he wrote two more books, two more sequels to the book, but they were never made into movies. So there he, was a TV series. Yeah, there was, exactly, which I think David Bowie had something to do with, didn't he? Yeah. He had some sort of involvement in the TV. TV series, so they left it open-ended uh, for sequels that never came. And also, you probably noticed in the trailer a tiny bit part for Willem Dafoe. Yeah. Did you notice him in the uh, the phone booth there? That was had to be one of his very first projects. Yeah. Uh, he got in there in a cameo, and that's from 1983. Our number five of our favorite female vampires. It's The Hunger, and going up to number four. And this is takes. You us want to do trivia? Yeah, I forgot about that. We have a trivia question for this, so we have some fabulous prizes. What do you got? What's your question? So it's, it's, uh, I try to get easier every time, and this has got to be like so intuitive. So Susan Sarandon obviously has a fling with Catherine Deneuve during on screen. She had a fling with somebody else off screen. Who do you suppose that was? David Bowie. That's David correct. David Bowie. Linda is correct. Because Susan Sarandon is very smart. <laughs> so we move up to number four, and this is the one that brought in the Tom Jones classic tune uh, from 1971. This is one that I didn't see. Uh, Daughters of Darkness. Who do you think I am? A kind of ghoul? A vampire? Oh, no, my dear. serious in the voice. I love that. So, all right, Daughters of Darkness, give me the rundown. I love this movie. Um, and it is, it's, yeah, so already, too, we've uh, clearly got the lady smooching. I'm telling you, it's really hard, even <laughs> if that's your goal. But I actually love this movie. I really do. A couple is, vac is, is honeymooning in some almost completely abandoned European resort, and uh, the only other guests at the hotel are this beautiful, elegant creature and her 
young lover, Ioni. And, um, and so the four of them dine together and they exchange glorious clothes together and they're just effortlessly glamorous together. And, um, um, Obviously, there's trouble afoot. So there's a cop in town, and he knows he recognizes the older woman, but he recognizes her from when he was like a 15-year-old bellboy at the hotel. So he knows something's wrong, and then, you know, people just die all over town. Um, one of the things I love about this movie is that the, uh, the young couple, there is something seriously wildly wrong with this newlywed couple, and they never tell you what's going on. The, the wife is really eager to go home to meet the husband's parents, and the husband keeps pushing her off and saying, no, let's stay at this completely abandoned, desolate vacation spot where we have nothing to do and no one to talk to a little longer. But he calls home at one point, and the woman on the phone says these really crass, ugly things to him, and then they show her, and it's a man dressed in drag. It's this old man dressed in drag on the phone, and then they never explain what the hell we just saw, which I love. Um, and her husband, um, he was actually on Dark Shadows. And then later, like, I remember when I was watching it going, no, I recognize him older and fatter. He was on Cagney and Lacey as well when I was a child. Um, which is just, I don't know, a fun fact, I think. That's a resume. The other interesting thing is that you heard in the trailer, she actually mentions the word vampire. And it's interesting how many vampire movies never mention the word vampire. In fact, like zombie movies that don't say. Zombie. Yeah, exactly. So it's funny that that just kind of jumped out at me. Oh, she actually says vampire. I know it's in sort of a condescending, mocking way, but so many of these, especially the, the good ones, don't mention a vampire at all. It's filmed in 1971 and it just has that sort of, you know, decadent, bored, glamorous, all the money in the world and nothing else to do. So let's just have sex with everyone and then, you know, bite you and then leave you for dead on the beach. It's just it's just so like effortlessly just lazy about the way it's sort of glorious and gorgeous. It's 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 I just, well, the drugs. Yeah. The drugs might have had something to do with that. Yeah, I, <laughs> I really do. I, I really highly recommend this movie. It's super weird. It's incredibly gorgeous to look at. The accents are ridiculous. Exactly, I, because as you, it was filmed with all that they try, I think they were trying to sound more American than they are and it just it just failed yeah all those accents are coming through so that's 1971 that's number four Daughters of Darkness so the actress's name is Delphine Sarig and she plays uh, a countess she plays the cinematically most frequently uh, filmed female vampire just like Dracula based on an actual human being from history do you have any idea who? alright Pat give me the answer Countess Bathory. That is correct. Correct. Good job. All right, so we're moving up to number three. And oh, man, man, is this a good one. This is so good. And this is from just a couple of years ago. Well, I guess three years ago now. 2013, Jim Jarmusch, Only Lovers Left Alive. What is it? You look tired. Can't you tell your wife what your problem is? It's the way they treat the world. And now they've succeeded in contaminating their own blood, never mind their water. You're looking awfully pale there, Dr. Caligari. Is that the really good stuff? Precisely. What is that? Oh, negative. Has anybody seen that movie? How many? Isn't that great? Love that movie so much. I mean, we normally love what Jim Jarmusch does, but one of the things that strikes me, and you can really tell it just from the trailer, a lot of vampire movies have that drug metaphor, but this one really plays it up. Yeah. Is that the, the blood as a drug, as, as heroin, or some highly addictive drug? It's just that that theme runs all through this movie. 
It's, and it's the most well-cast vampire movie oh, of all time. Oh, yeah. So great. So, Tilda Swinton, Tom Hiddleston, so great. They are so great together as Adam and Eve. And uh, she, she, she might be the only rival to, uh, to David Bowie as the coolest vampire. <laughs> She's, yes, very, very cool. And one of the things, interesting, because I guess if you're not liking this movie, maybe... A complaint could be that it moves a little slowly, not a lot of things happen, but apparently that was included in in the first rough draft of the movie was more action, but then apparently the studios or someone involved wanted more action, and so he decided to take it all out and make have even less action going on, which I don't think hurts it. I mean, I think it's such a mood piece, and it's it's so well shot, just from the very beginning, their very first shot. Remember how it comes in circular? Yeah, I love that they include that in the trailer, actually. Yeah. She's, there's, you know, there's the, the shot of the record table going around, and then the camera swirls around Tilda Swinton, and she's kind of laying there listening to the music. It's it's incredible. It is a slow moving film, but it's it builds pretty gloriously, I think. And then so when there finally is a burst of violence, it really it really catches you off guard. Yeah, and it, it comes into some real dark dark comedy angles Very. too. I mean, I think it takes a couple of really nice shots at the the twilight type of movies sure. and those sort of safe romantic vampires in, in such a smart way and and there's very little cool touches going on you probably heard you saw in the trailer dr faust at one point other times he's dr caligari there's so much like that going on it's so much fun well, and then when his wife comes to visit because there's which is which is so great that the whole film is shot in the wasteland of detroit right that is so great so they go on a drive of the highlights of detroit and they just want to drive past where jack whites grew up which is awesome yeah exactly and it's 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 perfect it's it's such a so moody and so and so well shot and just the the whole thing has such a vibe running through it i remember when we we heard that this movie was coming out and what the cast was we were so excited and she was out of town and i got to see it first and which just pissed her off no end <laughs> but then it was bad because i wanted to talk about it so much and i first thought, oh remember when oh she hadn't seen it yet so it was one of those that you just want to talk about uh and I'm, I'm really it's very cool so many people have seen it because that would that would be one to maybe to get uh here for one of these fright clubs I think one that's of these times because that would be awesome love that from 2013 only lovers left alive do you have a question i do Ohio boy, Jim Jarmusch is from what city? Cuyahoga Falls. Woo-hoo! We'll give it to you, Franklin. Akron is close enough to Cuyahoga Falls. Thank you. Thank you, Franklin. <laughs> well done. All right, that moves us up to number two. And this is, this is kind of a, a little, fuzzy bit, of, math a little bit of fuzzy math because we're grouping two movies as one. And this w- so that we could put six in our five. That's yeah, why. but it makes it's sense because it's... <laughs> no, it's not Twilight, but that's a good line. Let the right one in or let me in. You guys just moved in, huh? How do you know? I live next door to you. I live in there. Some kids from school. I'll help you. You're a girl. I'm a lot stronger than you think I am. I found another body a few days ago. Victim completely drained of blood. Please don't see that boy again. What are you, really? I need blood. These will probably be my choice for number one on this countdown. I love both of these. The original came out uh, in 2008 and then followed up uh, two years later with Let Me In. But they're, they're both so great about the, uh, the young vampire who, who befriends uh, a boy. And it's, it's, it's bloody, but yet it's also tender in their friendship. And I, I was so impressed with the original that you thought, a remake would only ruin it, and so it's one of those where you want to go, oh, don't, you know, don't remake that movie. But 
it was almost, almost as good. For me, just a little tiny bit under. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I prefer the original, but the, the, the remake was really, really good, and they added some new things, which is not my favorite thing for somebody to do with the remake, but I really like the way they built on... So Richard Jenkins plays sort of the caretaker role for the young vampire in the remake, and um, I think brings a lot more to that to that relationship than you saw in the first one, which is nice. Of course, the first one, though, is so bitterly cold all the time, and then Oscar's got that crazy-ass haircut that you're always... Just curious about what's going on there. Um, and then, but in the original, Lena Lee Anderson plays the vampire, and she's just so magnificent in that movie. She's so, you know, androgynous and, and just sad. You feel badly for her, like she's your neighbor kid who they never shower. You know what I mean? She's so good in this movie. It was not her voice, though, uh, in the movie. She, they, they've kind of deemed later that the vo- her voice wasn't menacing enough, so they had her voice dubbed mm-hmm. by, by a different actor. But it, that works as well. It does. Actually, um, it's one of the better dubbing jobs I've seen in a film. It really is. And then that character in the uh, remake, uh, played by Chloe Moretz, who does, a, I think, a great job, as does Cody Smith-McPhee. Who, who I the love. Boy. I love Cody Smith-McPhee. Yeah, uh, I loved him ever since The Road. I just want to raise him as my own. <laughs> if you've seen the original, you know the ending. That swimming pool scene is so awesome. Have you seen it? Who's seen it? Oh my Isn't god, that, that swimming pool scene. That swimming pool scene and oh then it was, and then they managed to make their do their own take on it in the remake that I thought was inventive and they added just a little twist which both of them I thought were just great. Mm-hmm. And it, one interesting note though in the in the um, ending of the uh, original they communicate in that Morse code mm-hmm. and they're spelling out in the original they're spelling out small kiss. Oh. And in the uh, remake uh, she, she spells out help me. So that's a little bit of a change, but they're both they're both so good. Let the right one in from 2008, and let me in from 2010. That's our number two, which takes us up to number one, the one we're going to see here in just a few minutes from 2014. A girl walks home alone at night. I can't tell you how excited I am that we get to watch this on the big screen. This is the most gorgeous movie. And when I reviewed it for the newspaper, I think I said, if Jim Jarmusch had not just made a vampire movie, this would be the most Jim Jarmusch and vampire movie ever made. <laughs> um, she has uh, uh, Anna Lily Amrapour, who directed this. It was her debut. It was. Yeah. And just the most phenomenal visual style in this film. And just such a mishmash of like the coolest throwback ideas of from like the, you know, pop of the 80s and then spaghetti western. And, and you know, you've got some Tarantino in there. You've got Sergio Leone in there. You've got a, an ass load of Jarmish in there. It yeah. just looks, and it, but it never feels borrowed. Uh, it, it's just incredibly fresh and just told through a, a particular cultural lens that we don't often get to see, certainly not in a horror film. Right, the first Iranian uh, vampire movie ever, right? So it's in Persian, the, yeah. the film, the, it, although it's, it was shot in the United States. The film is, is entirely in Persian and, uh, and you know, obviously has a lot of, of just cultural ideas and imagery that we that are, are not western in any way well and one of the biggest images that stands out in this is the skateboarding scene oh my god <laughs> and it's interesting that uh the director is doing the skateboarding oh. at least in the long shots because she's apparently a very avid and very good skateboarder but that's just <laughs> and yeah. also a vampire and also FYI. a vampire who likes to you know do the skate but that's one of the one of the many images that just stays with you from this but it you're right it has so many different elements running through it a lot of that's what i thought the first time i saw it a lot of spaghetti western yeah. going on mm-hmm. 
Very much so, in such a great way. But it looks fantastic, for especially for black and white. And she's know. a great character. She is a great the character. The girl doesn't really have a name, and she just is such a great character. And the way she terrifies that little boy, but then doesn't actually hurt him. The way she befriends the prostitute, but the way she, you know, just murders the pimp. I mean, everything about her, the way she, what she, you know, the, the way she behaves when she's on her own, the way she just lurks around, you know, in the shadows. Uh, yeah. it, it, she does such a, it's such a great performance, and the way she's filmed is just magical. And I guess she teamed up uh, with uh, some publishers. She did some graphic novels to a company. She did. Yes. Bridget's not here today, but she bought me two of them for my birthday this year, and they're super crazy cool. Yeah. <laughs> they expand uh, the story about the girl and about Bad City, so uh, that's a recommendation right there. You can yes, check those much. out. So that is number one on our <laughs> countdown. It's The Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. We're going to see it here in just a couple of minutes. And by the way, when it gets to the party scene, look for the girl in the skeleton t-shirt. That is the director. Nice! With a little cameo. Nice. So we want to get this going. Uh, well, she has a good project coming up, though, next. What's she yeah. working on? Bad Batch, it's called. It's a dystopian South Texan romance among cannibals. How awesome does that sound? Now, here's the weird part. Keanu Reeves stars. And Jim Carrey. Hmm. Giovanna Risi and uh, Momoa. The guy's going to be Aquaman, that oh, guy. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So the, the, in the reboot, he was Conan. That's right. Yeah, in yes, the reboot. Okay. that is correct. All right, well, interesting. I think I'm in. Okay, yeah, so that's in. what she's got coming next. What do we have coming next on the podcast next week is going to be... Skeletons in the Closet. Oscar edition. We're going to oh. go back through some of the uh, Oscar nominees. That's right. Bad as, early horror. As we record this, the Oscar nominations are going to be... Tomorrow morning. Tomorrow morning. So we'll get to that and hit those next week with Skeletons in the Closet. Because they all have them. Oh, my God. They yeah. all have There's them. not been a single year where I didn't leave... Se- I mean, if I only need five, I can find at least 15. Yeah. And we even talked about one tonight because of Saoirse Ronan... That's right. ...gets nominated. Well, and that she was very- good, actually. Byzantium is a good movie. Well, it might count, because that might be the only one we have for her, so... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we'll get to that next week. And uh, if you have any, any comments on this one about the uh, female vampires, let us know. Hit us up on Twitter where at Mad Wolf. That's M-A-D-D-W-O-L-F. Also, uh, MadWolf.com, of course, where you can find the podcast and all sorts of stuff on horror movies. And movies in general, our general movie reviews also uh, can be found at ScreenRelish. That's right. Actually, right now you can find uh, a ton of horror movie. Uh, our uh, senior Brit correspondent, who's also our boss over there, Craig Hunter, he shovels a bunch of horror movies our way whenever he can, which is awesome. So right now, i got a ton of them up there, reviews of, uh, of uh, brand spanking new horror movies. All right. So lots of ways to get in touch. Please do that, but we got to get this thing going. We got a movie to show. Let's do it. Thank you for coming out. We're going to roll this here in just a couple of minutes. Until next time, I'm Hope Madden. And I'm George Wolf. This is the Fright Club Podcast. Stay frightful, my friends. Daughter of darkness.